How are you guys? Good? Yeah, Parker, I was talking to both those couples uh, after the first service, and uh, you never knew that going to, to the chiropractor would uh, result in both of them uh, not only loving the, the service, but wanting to come back. So it's cool. We need to have a trophy today, uh, invite of the week for, for Parker. So I'm just trying to undo my computer. There we go. So... I just really, uh, just really want to say this is that season. I think just, just simply, what's happening in our world right now—it's like a, a tornado, and if you, it's like a tornado's picked everything up. It's like, well, will the neighbour's uh, chair fit in our yard, or will our chair go and fit in their yard? Where will the bed land? And so, this is a great opportunity season for people that are up in the air, so to speak. A lot of people up in the air. It's a great opportunity to help them find their next place and their next step. And I want to talk to you today, uh, not about that, but I just want to encourage you to do that because you'll hear why as we're chatting, why that's so important. But come on, let's pray and let's get into it. Father, bless this word. Speak into our heart in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one of the scriptures I was reading this morning, uh, actually, the scripture that's challenged me uh, many times. I don't know if you've had verses of in the Bible that you that you uh, read or you've heard and you go, I'm I just trying to figure that verse out. What does that mean? And and uh, I just find that really challenging, that verse. And really, is that in the Bible? Is that possible that that happened? And uh, I came across one of those verses today uh, called in Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. And it says these words, very, very uh, staggering words as you read them. It says, Jesus could not do any miracles there because of their lack of faith. Not Jesus would not. It was not like he was ticked off and I won't do any miracles. It says Jesus could not do anything miraculous in that town because of their lack of faith. Now when you read that and think about this is the Son of God. We're not talking about Pastor Ryan after 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're not talking about, you know, anyone that we might know. We're not talking about Catherine Coleman. Let's go back in the dark ages to pull out that name. We're not talking about someone like that who's human and, and who's subject to all the exact humanities that we all go through. We're talking about the Son of God. Fully God, fully human. We understand that. And, and, and yet God, Jesus Himself, the omnipotent, Omniscient God in the flesh could not do any miracles in that place because of their lack of faith. That tells me that a lack of faith is so powerful that even the Son of God can't do what He came to earth to do. Think about this. Jesus' love for everybody is so profound and His compassion is so great that He'll touch the leper. He'll go to those that are outcasts and reach out to them. And as much as He wanted to heal the leper, as much as He wanted to help those people in distress, He could not do any miracles there because of their unbelief and their lack of faith. It says to me that my mindset and my heart set determines the outcome of God's desire for my life. Now, if you believe in Calvinism, you believe that God's got it all you know, worked out and you've got no say in it all, then you won't be able to comprehend this verse at all. 
But if you understand that God, Almighty God, who wants to bless you and pour out His love upon you and help you, actually stands at the door of your life, ready to give you the things that you need, but in many cases unable to enter, not because He doesn't want to, not because He doesn't care, but because of a mindset that would bring about a lack of faith. It's profound to me. Because it's like, can't God just bust through all of that? Why, why can't God? Well, of course God can if we were robots. But God has chosen to make faith the key that unlocks the door. And if there's no key, no door gets unlocked. It's just as simple as that. And I want to talk to you today about faith. Because, you know, if someone asks you, you say, oh, I'm a person of faith. What does that mean? Because in the, in the, in the dumbed down context that we live in, a person of faith can be a person that believes in hugging trees, right? That's my faith. I believe in the reincarnation of dogs. That's my faith, right? And I'm a person of faith. That's not the kind of faith the Bible talks about. And so what we've done to be politically correct is anybody that has a belief system of any kind is a person of faith. You're not. You're a person of religion. But a person of faith is very, very different as you read the Word of God. And we're going to go through the Word of God. Think about it. Jesus could not do any miracles except heal a few people because of their lack of faith. So my question is to myself, am I the problem? Am I the reason God can't do what He wants to do? And I want to talk to you today because I do believe that we are, in many cases, the problem. And we can also be the answer. So what's going to help us overcome the election results if we didn't like them? What's going to help us overcome uh, what's happening in our world if we don't like it? Jesus said this, This has overcome the world, even your faith. The thing that overcomes what's happening in our world is our faith. There's nothing else that can overcome it uh, other than God Himself appearing and one day He will do that. But guess what? Up until that time, the key to overcoming is our faith. He says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. Remember, heaven, the hell has gates. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Well, guess what? Hell has gates. God has keys. And he's saying, I want to give you the keys to the kingdom. And the key to the kingdom is faith. Let me put it to you in another metaphor that I think helps us understand this. Because this came out of another verse that I read uh, that just blew my mind, which I'll read to you in a moment. In, in James chapter 5, let me read it to you now. It says this, Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen the poor of this world to be what? Rich in faith. Now, there's a lot of preachers out there that might tell you you need to be rich in cars and houses and money. I'm here to tell you what the Bible tells you, which is to say you're going to be rich in faith. That means God wants you to be not in chapter 11, or bankrupt in your faith, or struggling in your faith, or down and out in your faith. He wants you to be a millionaire, a billionaire, a gazillionaire. He wants you to be the most richest person in faith. If there's anything you and I can aspire to, post-COVID, mid-COVID, whatever kind of COVID we're in, guess what? It's to have great faith. Remember, everything Jesus said to people that were healed was this. Remember, go your way, your faith has made you well. Go your way. Your faith has healed you. 
Remember the centurion comes to Jesus and says, listen, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. He says, I haven't found faith like this in all of Israel. The Syrophoenician woman says, give me the crumbs that fall from the table. Even the dogs get that. And, and he turns to her and says, woman, I didn't come to the house of Israel, but your faith is so great, your daughter will be healed. He always commented on faith. Here's the thing that we've got to understand is that God decided to make you rich in faith. He decided to make you rich in faith. If that doesn't get you excited, nothing will. Because I'll tell you why, faith is the key and the currency to unlocking all of God's desires and promises. And this is what I've observed in this season of uncertainty, COVID, elections, all the things that are going on. So many people have lost a lot of faith. Put up your hand if you know someone who's either really bankrupt in their faith, really struggling in their faith, really challenged to believe, really kind of low level in their faith right now as a result of the last nine months. Put up your hand if you know some people like that, right? Here's, right, And the rest of you know them too. You just don't want to put your hand up. Here's the thing. Um, there are people that are out there that are bankrupt in faith, right? There are people, they say this, church leaders, 20% of Churches, people that used to go to church will not return. 20% in America will not return to church. Here we have, what does that tell you about their faith? Right? It tells you that their faith was already in chapter 11 before COVID came along. For other people, the tornado of what's happened in the last 12 months has taken their faith out and they're just finally looking down at their lives and it's bankrupt. It's, it's, a, it's a mess. It's nowhere. What do I do? I don't know where to go. Uh, you know, and, and here's what happens. When people don't have faith, they get mean. Who's found people are mean in COVID? Much meaner than normal, right? Just look at Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, you're blessed. Here's the thing. Let me say, I don't look at it because it's just the biggest load of rubbish ever in your entire life. But here's the point. I do have Facebook, but I just stick away from all those. I don't have any. Anyway, that's another story. Ban, 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 don't care, speak to the hand. That's just how I live my life uh, when it comes to Facebook, right? Because I will not have my faith stolen by some clown who's lost their faith trying to get to steal mine as well. No way. How do you, can you tell a person who's rich in faith, a person who's rich in faith is generous, kind, loving, joyful, caring. How do you know a person who's in bankruptcy in their faith? Mean, nasty, horrible, just complaining, whining, oh, crying all the time, just going on and on and on and on and on and on and on it goes. And I believe that God wants us to be rich in faith. Why are there so many Christians who are in poverty? Right? Because poverty of faith is the worst kind of faith. You've got to understand this. A lot of people cherish poverty. They say they don't, but they really do cherish poverty. We've almost believed the, the lie of, of Matthew chapter 5, which says this, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, we think that's saying poor in money or poor whatever. It's certainly not saying poor in faith. It doesn't say blessed are the poor in faith because James tells us God came to, us to make us rich in faith. Even Lindsay, rich in faith. <laughs> He's come to make us rich in faith 
But when you're poor in faith, you become introspective. You become negative. You become cynical, S-I-N-ical. Cynical. You become full of fear. You become full of all that kind of stuff. And God hasn't given us that spirit of fear. He's made us forgiving. When you're rich in faith, you're forgiving. You're kind. You're generous. You don't shoot your mouth off. You don't gossip. All those things happen when you are bankrupt in chapter 11 of faith. Now, here's an interesting thing that's happened to me recently talking to people that's just staggered my mind. People that I would have thought were rock-solid Christians uh, have talked to me and, and, and expressed in just being open or authentic this desire to go back into the world. Some have even said to me, I want to go back to the party scene. Other people said, I just want to forget all this stuff and just go off and do I'm like, Right, you really are bankrupt in faith or on the verge of throwing away your last penny. Why would you do that? The only person who thinks like that is the person that's so poor in faith that they feel like they've got no options but to run away and escape and hopefully land somewhere else. And look, I just can't handle it, so I'm going to go run away. That means you've lost your faith. Right, it means your faith is vanishing quicker than my hair vanished. Your hair is, I mean, your faith is leaving uh, this world. And so we need to be people full of faith. Why would you choose to be poor in faith? When God says, I came to make you rich, a gazillionaire, a billionaire in faith. Let me give it to you this way. If, I'll put it this way. Australia has some of the nicest looking currency you'll find ever anywhere in the world. It's indestructible. It's beautiful. It's the most advanced technology in the entire world when it comes to currency. And, and, and so your, your $50 notes are golden color. Your $100 notes are green. Your $20 notes are red. Your $5 notes are, are purple. Your $10 notes are blue. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a really nice currency. Now, here's the thing. And, and you can't, it means that when you go to tip somebody, they know whether you're giving them a five or a 10 or a 50. Or, you just can't hide it with three $1 notes, you know, like, like we all do. Here's the point. Right? Is that even I even I brought all of that, like maybe I have a million dollars of that just sitting around, which I don't, but just in case, just as I imagine and fantasize about that idea, that a million dollars in cash, I come and I go to uh, some store here to buy something, they're gonna say, Well, thank you, Mr. Evans. That's really nice. Where where'd you get that from? Well, this is hard currency from Australia, and it's the best in the world, and it's worth a heck of a lot of money. They're going to go, well, that's great, sir. You're just out of interest, do you know where you are? Well, yeah, I'm incoming. Well, yes, right, you're not in Australia. So guess what? Your currency, it's beautiful, but it means squat diddly in this place. It means nothing. It's worth nothing, right? And that's because I'm using the wrong currency. Even though I, I have this money, I haven't converted it over to the currency that works in this city and this nation. Here's the thing. God has a currency that's different to your currency. God's currency is not your hard times, bad times, feel good, 
feel bad, that's not his currency. He doesn't care if your emotions are up and down. I mean, he cares as a dad, but you know what I'm saying? It's not that that matters. He has a currency. And you can say, but I've got all my, I've got all of this emotion to give you. He goes, oh, that's not our currency. Sorry. I've got all these tears to give you. He goes, I'm, I'm sad. I'm your dad, but that's not the currency. Right. God, I've got all these, uh, I've got years of begging I can give to you. Oh, that's not our currency, sorry. That's not heaven's currency, that's the earth's currency. That's, that's, that's not the currency of heaven. And so God wants to get into our mind that, listen, God doesn't answer our begging, our crying, our whining. He only answers prayers of faith because faith is the currency. He never said, Jesus never said, oh, I've seen how much you've been crying. Be healed. He never says that. He always says, and I know this is an uncomfortable truth for some of us that want a, uh, you know, that want a beautifully spongy kind of God. You know, soft toy kind of God. But He's not like that. God cares. As a dad, He cares and He cries, but He can't open the windows of heaven without the keys that open the windows. And those keys of faith. And God wants to make you rich in faith. And I want to talk to you today. It gets better because I'm going to show you how to get that faith, right? How to get that faith. If faith is the currency, how do I get it? Isn't that what we think every day about just money in general? How do I get it? Because I know I need to operate in this world. Here's the thing. When I've got a problem in my marriage that, that the money can't fix, sometimes money does help my wife fix the problem. But here's the thing. If I've got money and my marriage problem is big, my marriage problem is not going to get fixed by money, right? My work problem is not going to get fixed by money. My sickness won't get fixed by money. My, my sickness and those things are going to get fixed by God when it's beyond the world's capacity. And in order to get access to what God has, I need faith. It's all through the Word of God. Jesus could not do miracles. Not would not, could not do miracles. So, uh, we need to pray, but without faith, nothing happens. You know, right now, uh, across the world, there's probably billions of people praying. Not many of them get answered prayer, right? Why is that? Because it's not your prayer that makes the difference. It's the prayer of faith that heals the sick. Does that make sense? It's not my crying that matters. Yes, to a Father, our Father in Heaven, he, our crying matters. But it doesn't get us the answer through our crying. Our crying is our human response. What God wants is us to have the keys of heaven, which is faith. And when we do, we can unlock the door. And that's why it's surprising to see the kind of people that get answers to prayer. They're not your typical what we think should get answers to prayer. Have you ever discovered new Christians often get their answers to prayer? Whenever I meet a brand new Christian, I'm not, talking about a, I'm not talking about a Presbyterian that got saved. I'm talking about a real new Christian here that got saved who was a complete pagan. And when they pray, it's like God answers all their prayers. Has anyone ever got jealous of a new Christian? Like, I'm praying, not getting answers. They're praying, they're always getting answers. What is going on with that? That's because God gave them a deposit of faith when they got saved. And God is showing them how to live by faith. So God gives them a bit of extra currency so they can start praying and things start to happen over their life. He's training them. But us as mature Christians, He's like, hey, you've had your hand out. Now start building up your reserves of faith. Currency of faith is the key to a Christian life beyond religion. So faith is not just a personal belief system. It's a currency by which we get what we do not have. 
you know, what faith gives you is more options in life than the person without faith. Because if faith is heaven's currency, remember God wants to make us rich in faith. It implies a currency of some kind. He wants to make us rich in faith. That means the richer we are in faith, the more options we are. How do you know someone that's wealthy? How do you judge them? You judge them by how many options they have. How many believe that Bill Gates has more options than you and I? Right. Here's more options. So a wonderful way, I heard someone say it, you don't count it up by the amount of dollars and cents in the bank or assets, count it up by the idea that you've got options. That is, you've got a way, you could do it that way, that way, that way, that way, that way. Most of us have got a couple options and that's it. Bill Gates has 4,000 options and that's what sets him apart from us. Options. Here's the thing, when you are rich in faith, you're no longer stuck with one option. You've now got lots of options. When that door seems to shut, that's not the final ending of the story. There's another door that's going to get open. When that door seems to be blocked, there's another door to go after. When that situation seems like it's walled off and impossible, God says, I've got a back door for you to get through. You just need to get some faith. Faith gives you options to live a blessed and a better life than the one who has no faith. Make sense? Because it's currency and it grows as you get more of it. More options come for you and it's just incredible. When you understand it this way, it helps make it practical to our lives as opposed to ethereal. And what's this idea of faith? I don't understand it. It's a currency. Bible says in Hebrews 11, we're going to move to that. Hebrews 11 says this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is what the ancients were commended for. And I want you to read that verse, verse 2. This is what the ancients were commended for. Guess what? They weren't commended for their religiousness. They weren't commended for keeping the Ten Commandments. They weren't commended for, uh, we're talking about the heroes, the Abrahams and the Noahs and, and the Moses and all those guys, the Joshuas. They weren't commended for what they did. They weren't commended for, uh, uh, for their beautiful tie in church. They weren't commended for their pristine prayer life. They were commended for what? Their faith. So there are a lot of people praying, no answers. Why? Because you could pray all day like the prophets of Baal did, prayed all day and nothing happened. And then Elijah steps up and prays one prayer and fire consumes everything. Why? Because he prayed the prayer of faith. They prayed the prayer, just prayed a prayer. There are many Christians praying prayers. Nothing happens. Why? Because if you don't mix your prayer with faith, it's like saying words to the air. A lot of people fasting, but if you don't fast with faith, nothing changes. You've got to get this. Faith is the secret ingredient to everything. And if you get less than faith, you just get religion, which is miserable. And then you might as well go back to the parties and you might as well go back to the nightclubs because it's not going to fulfill you. It's just going to make you miserable. And think about dying miserable. That's what most Christians, believers, as in religious people, die. Miserable deaths. Why? Peace is not filled with faith. I know I'm hitting it pretty hard, right? I feel like I'm shooting a few cows out this way and coming. But the point is, I want you to understand this. God came to make you rich, 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 rich. Watch how someone could take those words and put them out there. Says, Your pastor's telling you to be rich. Rich in faith. Rich in faith. Imagine if you were a billionaire in faith. 
Imagine if you could say to the mountain, be gone and it would happen. Imagine if you could pray over the sick and they would get healed. Imagine if you could ask anything in His name as He promised and it would be done for you. Imagine that's the possibility. That's the reality of the person of great faith. That's why Jesus always commented on their faith. Why did He say to His disciples, what's wrong with you? Why, why is your faith so small? Right? Peter comes walking on the water. Peter had great faith, but he didn't have an endurance of faith. So after five minutes on water, doing something he could never have done, he falls and he sinks. Why? Because he had great faith, but he didn't have endurance of faith. So we need to have both great faith and endurance of faith to inherit the promises. That's why he says through faith and perseverance, you inherit the promises. God wants you to have great faith. Remember the disciples? Jesus was talking to them in Luke chapter 17 and, and they're talking to Him and saying, how many times are we meant to forgive somebody? Because there was a rule in Hebrew law they had to forgive people a certain amount of times and Jesus blows their theology out of the water and says, no, you've got to give, forgive so much more and He begins to outline it. And, and the apostles' instant reaction was this, Lord, how do we do that? Please increase our faith, right? Not increase our softness, not increase our kindness, increase our faith. To which Jesus said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, and the only reason He used the mustard seed was to demonstrate how growth takes place with something little that becomes something big. He says, if you will grow in your faith, become rich like a poor person can get rich. You can be poor in faith and grow to become rich in faith. And when you become rich in faith, he says, you can say to that mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. He says, the hardest thing to remove is, is the lack of faith that comes with a lack of forgiveness. You need great faith to forgive people for hurting you. So much so that the apostles exclaimed, Oh God, increase our faith, please. Now put up your hand if you know somebody who finds it hard to forgive other people. Right? You're probably in a relationship with someone like that who's found it hard to forgive you for something they perceived. But imagine when you're rich in faith. This is what the Bible is telling us. When we're rich in faith, forgiveness is easy. Jesus, who's so rich in faith, He can look down from the cross after being beaten and smashed and slaughtered and say, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You have to be rich in faith to say those words to people. It affects your personal life. It affects your material life. Let me read to you what the word uh, rich means in the Bible. In Strong's Concordance, it lays it out here. If I can find it somewhere, it's here somewhere. It's the word... Plusios, P-L-O-U-S-I-S. And the word rich means this. It means abundance, properly, fully resourced, rich, rich, being filled by having God's, I like this, muchness. I love, what a great word. You will have God's muchness when you are rich in faith. And this abundance that comes from receiving His provisions, material and spiritual, through faith. So then why are there so many Christians that are poor in faith? Right? Because they don't get how to get it. You see, I'm preaching to the choir today. You're here. How does the Bible say we're meant to receive faith? There's a few ways. I'll tell you one of them. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. Then it goes on to Romans 10, 17. It says, for by faith comes by what? 
hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. How shall they hear unless we send somebody? And how? And it basically talks about preaching. So what we're doing now, sitting in church, not just listening to a podcast, but being in a community, and I'll explain that in a minute. There are two components to this. Sitting here, God is filling your tank with faith. You may not even understand what's happening, but as I promise you, as I'm speaking the words of the Holy Spirit under His anointing, God is pumping in you, putting inside of you, transfusing to you, giving you an IV, doing whatever He has to do to get into you faith. Of course, you can be like the people in Nazareth that block it off with your mentality. But if you've got an open heart, which is why you're here, God wants to fill you with faith. Why? Because tomorrow you're facing obstacles that needs the faith you're going to get today. Is it any wonder the people that haven't even bothered coming back to church yet, and some of them are doing it out of fear, and I understand that because of COVID, all that kind of gear, but they're going to get less rich and more poor in faith the longer this goes. Do you know that when Parker spoke to those, those, that couple at the chiropractor, they themselves were feeling poor in faith. That's not how they describe it. That's how I would describe what they said to me. But they were describing being poor in faith. When they walked in today and they heard the worship, and they felt God's presence, it suddenly enriched their lives. And sometimes we need to help people, protect them by reaching out to them and not thinking, oh, well, it's their business. We're all Americans. We do whatever we want. How about we show the love of a brother or sister and call somebody, instead of inviting them to church necessarily, talk to them about their faith. How's your faith going? No, how's your faith going? Let's chat. Put up your hand if you know somebody who's right now been poor, who's poorer in faith than they were nine months ago. Come on. Okay, if you don't know anybody, that's fine. But there are people out there that are poorer in faith. Your job, and that's why, that's why the writer to the Hebrews said this. The writer of the Hebrews in, in, in Hebrews 10.25, this is leading to, how many know that Hebrews 10 comes before Hebrews 11? Right, okay, just, just testing. So Hebrews 10, as we lead into Hebrews 11, which is the chapter on faith, says this. Do not forsake the assembling together of yourselves as is the manner of some in COVID. No, no, I added that COVID part in. As is the manner of some are, but all the more as you see the day approaching, get together. Why? He was watching these Judaistic Christians, people that had converted from Judaism to Christianity and faith in Jesus Christ, because they weren't gathering together, were losing their faith. Their faith was being depleted. They were losing their faith. They were about to go back to worshipping Moses and Abraham and all those old religious idols that they had in the Old Testament kind of deal. And he says, listen, don't forsake it. Why? Because he's telling them your faith is going to go strong. Then a few verses later, verse 37, I believe it says, don't throw away your confidence. Well, where did that confidence come from? From adhering to what John, to Hebrews 10 says. And right before Hebrews 11, he says, don't throw away your confidence. Oh, that's right. Before that, don't forsake the assembly together of yourselves. Oh, that's right. Let's go back to the heroes of faith. Who are they? Joshua, oh, Jesus is better. Let's go back. Abraham, Jesus is better. Let's go back to Aaron, Jesus is better. And he starts to show them that Jesus is better. And he says, get together so you don't lose your faith. Hold on to your confidence. And then he launches into chapter 11 on faith. Follow the sequence. We often cherry pick scriptures, but there's a sequence to the Bible and a sequence to those chapters. 
Now, Jesus came to make you rich in faith. Now, I want to read Hebrews 11, which is the beginning of the great heroes of faith chapter. And it says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is what the ancients were commended for. We said that before. They weren't commended for their good works. They were commended for their faith. Okay? And so I want to talk to you. I'm in the, I, I, this has been the final week of prayer and fasting, and I'm on day seven of my fast right now. And, uh, and I'll probably collapse after I finish preaching today. However, let me just share with you what, what's happening. You see, what's happening in the world right now this week, for a lot of people it's terrible and traumatic. For other people it's exciting and whatever. And for me, it's neither because I'm not living in that realm. I, as I've been fast, I deliberately intentionally fasted all this week, water fast, so that I would live above the fray. Right? And as I've been doing it, God's been showing me the glorious future. And the thing I said in the first service that, uh, that I want to repeat in the second service is, is this. The, the future for coming will not be the same as its past. It will be better. And if you, don't, if you receive that by faith and begin to declare that over this, our campus here, we're going to see it better than it was in the past. Here's the thing. What you know after COVID is those that are coming to church are ones who want to be there. Right? So you're the committed. You're the core. So here's the deal. We're going to speak into the atmosphere, but we can't speak in the atmosphere if we're poor in faith. We can only speak in the atmosphere when we're rich in faith. And let me tell you what happened to me this week and, and happens. This is how it works. So prayer doesn't work unless it's the prayer of faith. Right? Prayer is one-way dialogue with no return. Right? It's like sending a letter off and it gets returned to you. Wrong address. Right? It was a pointless exercise. You praying might be good for your discipline, but it's not changing the world unless you pray with faith. So of all the things you get, you must get faith. Does that make sense? And you must understand it. Pursue understanding. Don't be watered down to, yeah, we're all people of faith. No, you're not. We're people of religion. They're people of church, but we're not people of faith unless we are people of faith. Make sense? So here's the deal. I can pray, pray, pray. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Cry, 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 cry. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Beg, beg, beg. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Then I decide, oh, I need to be rich in faith. So I start fasting. I start doing different things, and I'll share that in a moment. And I get over to this place, and this has happened to me this week, numbers of times, happened to me this month. I get to this place where I no longer, I don't just feel good all, I feel good. In fact, I feel terrible because I'm not eating, right? I feel all these things, but I feel my spirit's coming alive. My spirit is waking up. My inner man is starting to go, whoa, starting to rip that thing. I'm like, you know, I'm like, uh, I can't remember the name of that guy. That, anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm like a superhero on the inside, and I'm, it's like, and I can feel the Spirit of God coming out. How's it coming out? Well, when I'm full of faith, I'm bold. When I'm full of faith, I've got authority when I speak. When I'm full of faith, I don't take being beaten down. I push back with a, with a vigour that's very, very difficult to resist. When I'm full of faith, I'm telling you, demons tremble because Jesus in me is greater than any of them. So when I get to that place of faith, here's the secret. You've got to get to that place of faith. And when you do, you go from praying to declaring. Are you listening? You can't, when you're always praying and begging and hoping, well, you know, God as a dad might let one through, you know, give him, give him a carrot, give her, a, give her a fluffy dog, you know, whatever. 
But when you get into the place of faith, I'm fasting, so I've got a fasting brain. Here's the thing. You get to that place, you start declaring, I declare in the name of Jesus, that will change. And things start to move forward and things start to break open when you declare in faith. Jesus said, if you have the grain of mustard seed as our faith and speak to the mountain, it will be moved. That's what happens when you get in a place. It doesn't happen when you're just praying. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya, it's not going to pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray, dear Jesus, my soul to keep. Whatever those prayers were, right? When I get into this place and I start, I declare you get your hands off my kids, you filthy mongrel, in Jesus' name. You start using cuss words, Christian cuss words, when you start getting that faith zone. <laughs> I mean, you, you get out of the. You know how you can tell a person's got no faith? Oh, Holy Father, we come to Thee with patience and humility. Right? That's a person with no faith. When you get full of faith, you start to jump over a wall and run through a troop. You start to do things like the Hebrew, heroes of faith did in the, in, the book of, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. You start to do things that are uncanny, that are unnatural, that are not religious, that are not normal. You'll know when you're in a place of faith when you start to speak over that marriage and speak over your finances with an aggression and a power and an authority you don't normally have. Up to then, you're just a beggar, poor in faith. But you can get rich in faith. Because God's determined that you would get rich in faith. Let me tell you how really quick in the last seven, eight minutes. You ready? Here's the scripture I want you to read. and I want you to digest this. Write this down. It says, without faith. Can I have a, wa a water? You ready? Let's all read this together. It's that way if you're reading, I can drink. You go, let's go for it. Without faith. Well, that was dynamic. <laughs> Let's read that again. Let's read it again like we're full of faith. Come on, you ready? Oh, yeah. Let's, let's try to up the, up the volume a little bit, all right? Fasting brain. I'm sorry, I apologize. Look, here we go. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. What an incredible scripture put there at verse 6 in the gallery of faith, Heroes of Faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, which came after meet together regularly, which came after don't throw a conference, conference, confidence. Now, believe in me and it's impossible. Listen to this. You can't please God by your prayer. I thought it was my praying that made God happy. No. I thought it was my Bible reading that made God happy. No. I thought it was my church attendance to make God happy. Sorry. It's impossible to please God without faith. It says, then it goes on and tells you the answer. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards. And when the word exists, does not exist in an omnipresent kind of way. He exists for me. This is personal God talk, 
not corporate God talk. That He believe that He exists for me. He loves me. I'm under His grace. In this fast, I've been putting so many things under God's grace. God, I put Him under her, uh, Your grace. Her under Your grace. Uh, there's even been people that have been mad with me, and I'm like, God, I just put you under their grace. Put them under Your grace, Lord. What they need is a revelation of how much You love them. That's why they're being mean and horrible and nasty. Just give them a revelation of Your grace. Does that make sense? See, what happens when you're full of faith, you're able to pray those kind of prayers. Then it says this, that He rewards those. Now, I, for years, have heard this Scripture quoted, and I thought, like everybody does, oh, yeah, it's like a reward. Yeah, God's happy. So God's going to be happy with you, give you some rewards, you know, give you some tickets to the movies. He's going to do some stuff to just reward you. You're going to get a bonus pack, whatever. He's going to just reward you some way. And then it hit me, it dawned on me. This chapter is talking about the context, this faith. Everything's about faith. The whole book of Hebrews is about faith. And this chapter is about faith. And he says, you can't please God without faith. And he says, but if you seek Him earnestly, He'll reward you openly. What's He going to reward you with? Oh, is it a new car? Is it, God, a plane ticket to Las Vegas? God, what is it? What is the reward? Here's the reward. Very clearly, I'm going to give you more faith. I told you I want you to be rich in faith and you're poor in faith or bankrupt in faith or in chapter 11 of faith or on the, on the uh, just making ends meet in faith. I want you to be rich in faith. So if you'll seek me diligently, I will reward you with faith. I will pour this substance that's supernatural. I will give you a cashola injection of faith. I'm going to make you rich in faith because when that happens, Oh, it's so incredible, right? When that happens, suddenly I believe it and I start to declare it and I start to live it and I feel it in my bones, not just my emotions. And I walk through every obstacle and I smash through every wall and I take every, uh, you know, licking and keep on ticking and I just keep moving forward. That's what faith does to you, Right? That's why we need to ask God for more faith. Put up your hand if there's some issues in your life that require a lot more grunt than you've got right now. Put up your hand. Come on. Wherever it might be. It requires, and that requires more faith. Faith is the substance. That's the currency. And God says, if you'll listen to my word, here's what's happened today. You should be grateful to me and to Pastor Ryan and to God and to your wife or husband, whoever got you up, to be in church today. I'll tell you why. I can see as I'm preaching, some of you have been on quarter full faith and I've watched your tank go up to half full in faith as I'm preaching. Why has God said that would happen? If I don't forsake the assembly together myself and I listen to God's Word being preached with faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of God preached. So this is a good day, right? This is, the, this is why this is the best day of the week. It's not just any day of the week. I'll go to church whenever I want to. No, you need to be filled up every week because God wants to make you rich in faith. Imagine if you said you went to your, work, to your, to your uh, HR manager in your workplace and said, you know what? I've decided, uh, look, when I want my pay that week, I'll come and see you, Right? So don't bother putting it in my bank account every week. We're not going to use Gusto or whatever we use as payroll, ADP, whatever. We're not going to use any of those things. I'll come to you when I need some, some, some money. No, you don't do that. You're like, yeah, put it in every week, please. Every week. Why is it we treat faith like a different currency? Oh, yeah, I'll come to God when I'm desperate. Why don't we get paid every week? 
Why don't we deposit every week so we can become rich in faith? Not survive in faith, not get by in faith, but be rich in faith. That's God's purpose for you in Christ Jesus, is to be rich in faith. And God's saying, listen, this is why I'm fasting. You know why I fast? I hate fasting. I hate it. Can't wait to have five ice creams in a few days from now. So I believe in feasting, not fasting. Why am I fasting? Because I need more than just a weekly deposit of faith. I need a supernatural dump of faith from heaven. I need my bank balance built quickly, right? I need it built quickly. So we all think, I'm going to fast and pray to twist God's arm. No, no, no. You fast and pray to receive. You see, when you empty yourself of yourself, you stop being full of yourself. The problem with most people, they're always full of themselves. If we could empty ourselves so that we're not full of ourselves, then we could be full of Him. And like John the Baptist, we would say, I decrease as He increases. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'm happy. Lead me. Show me the way. Does that make sense? God wants you to be rich in faith. And I want to pray. We're going to come to a close right now for this part of the service. If you say to me, Asher, you're talking to me. I feel there are areas of my life that need a boost in faith. There are some areas that may even be uh, in chapter 11. Other areas uh, are doing okay, but really I need that boost in faith. I get it now. I get the link between what God wants for me, which is to be rich in faith, not just survive in faith, not just get by in faith, but rich in faith. You say, you know what? I'm really not that rich in faith in certain areas. I am in a couple of areas, but in certain areas I'm not. I want to pray for you because I believe today as I've been fasting all week, I've been fasting for coming campus. It's been one of my prayer focuses. And listen, I've been fasting that whoever would be here today would get filled supernaturally with faith. There's, you know, if Benny Hinn was here, he might pray for you and get healed. When I pray for you, you're going to get filled with authority and faith because that's the thing that God's put upon my life. When I pray for you, you're going to become a leader. I want to be like the other guy. I want those other. I wish I was like Dr. Mike Maiden. I'm not. I'm the faith tank. I'm the one to fill up your faith. I'm the one to say, come on, you can persevere. Bust through this wall. Stop wimping out. Help the other people around you that are crying and falling apart. Bring them back into the fold. Get alongside them. Tell them you can do it. But you can only do that if you're full of faith. Will they tell you on the airplane? Put your own mask on first and then help others. So today, we're going to take a big, deep breath of oxygen and God's going to impart faith to you. So come on, let's stand to our feet, all of us. And all I want you to do is close your eyes. And I want you just to hold out your hands like you're receiving. And I'm going to pray for you because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And you've been hearing God's Word. So guess what? Faith is about to be deposited or already has been. And I'm going to declare it just as I pray. We're going to declare it in the name of Jesus. We come to you right now and I declare faith in every heart that's open. Lord, we are not like the people of Nazareth who because of their lack of faith, you could do nothing. We are hungry, Lord. We are hungry to fill our tanks full of faith. We're sorry for not being as full as we should. But Father, we ask for your faith to fill us. It's a supernatural gift from God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus today for faith to come upon every home, every household, every parent, every child, every person that's living by themselves, every person that's fearful, every person that's sick. I speak faith. Lord, faith is 
the key that unlocks heaven's gate, hell's gates and opens heaven's doors. We pray, Almighty God, the devil may have gates, but we have keys and we unlock those gates in the name of Jesus. We speak faith over that situation. Come on, for 30 seconds, I want you to speak over the thing in your life that needs the most faith. Come on, declare faith into it. Father, I praise You for it. I speak over it, Lord. I declare it in the name of Jesus. I talk, Lord, into this right now. I declare in the name, Holy Spirit, right now impart faith. Impart the ability to believe for what's not been able to be believed. Let those things turn around. Let those situations change. Let the power of the Holy Spirit hit this place. Lord, so that we're changed forever. We ask in Your mighty name. We thank You for it right now in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. Let's give the Lord Jesus a great hand of praise. Let's expect Him to do it. One last thing before I hand over to Pastor Ryan. I want us for 30, 30 seconds. You know people that are lacking faith, people that have lost their faith, people that are on the edge of their faith, people that, uh, uh, you know, we say as leaders, there are people that are gonna run back to church, those are gonna walk back to church, those are gonna crawl back to church. And, and, and the polls say 20% of people will never come back to church. That's the danger of the church right now. That's the danger. Don't worry about the elections. Worry about what's happening in the church because of COVID and all these other things that are crazy. Let's pray. Who knows somebody, literally, that hasn't been in a church in a long, long time that needs to get back into the house of God? Put up your hand. Come on, put up your hand. I want this to be active, right? I want you now for 30 seconds to pray for those people and say, God, like Parker did in the middle of a chiropractor where I where he knew, didn't know the person. God, I know these people. Let me speak into their life. Faith. I'm going to make it my mission to get them back into the house of God so they can be filled with faith and rich in faith, not, not lacking in faith and not bankrupt in faith. So come on, let's pray. 30 seconds. Father, we pray right now for those people. We pray, Almighty God, You'd give us a chance. Give us an opportunity this week. I pray You'd lead us by the power of Your Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank You today that You're with us. I thank You today, Holy Spirit, that You're on our side. I speak into their, those lives. I pray for an opportunity. I declare right now that they will be saved. They will find Jesus again. They will renew their faith. They will rebuild their faith. Lord, their lives will be different. Their lives will be amazing. Their lives will shift. Lord, they'll come a harvest field. We pray, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus today, we declare it, Lord, in this place. We declare it in this place. Come on, everybody. Amen.